Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping Tech Podcast, episode so... 475. Mitch on the ones and twos on the other side of the Zoom. Charlie here with you. He's at his desk, so producer little nowhere near. She doesn't go around these parts, which is okay. Um, you know, you just got to make plays here with a uh, bum mic. Can't bring my mic into the bedroom area, which I usually do. So we're, you know, we're, we, we're making plays here. We're going to have a great show. We're going to talk Packer preview. We're going to talk Brewers chemistry issues, why I'm not ready to cancel somehow. I think you guys will be amazed by that. I'm sure Mitch will laugh at me. Be okay. Um, and then lastly, while Mitch is not not necessarily a college football hater, sometimes I go a little too far, and I went maybe went too far on my college football love. So Mitch will at least build a case against me, which I appreciate. Sometimes I need so we'll even that discussion out. Uh, Mitch can be found Mitch Ross MKE on Instagram as well as Twitter. Uh, Tapping the keg, you know, on Twitter and then Tapping Keg Sports on Instagram. Before we get started, before I welcome in Mitch, I was just about to. We're having some issues with Apple. I filed a ticket. I don't know what's going on there. Um, hopefully, our podcast will be back. So I will <laughs> put that out on the Instagram t- tonight that you guys listen on Spotify for the time being. So really sorry about that. Obviously, terrible timing. With football uh, on the precipice, but I do have a ticket filed, so um, hopefully I'll get an answer from the Apple overlords sooner rather than later. Anyways, Mitch, what's happening? Just getting ready for for week one, yeah. Like you mentioned, I mean, already, already, uh, it's that time. I mean, we've had, you know, the one throwaway bullshit week zero college football a couple weeks ago, then last weekend, um, basically a full a full slate week one where they kind of you know, have some premium non-conference games and stuff like that. And now it's time for the big boys and yeah. I'm, I'm ready to roll. I mean, we're still six weeks from buck season, so that's what matters most. But um, yeah, right now I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll with the NFL to, to, to keep me occupied. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll do a little Clarkson talk at the end. I forgot about that. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll float in some Clark, some Jordan Clarkson discussion uh, at the very end, but yes, it's a great time of year. I've said it that this is probably one of the best two week stretches in sports. It's right up yeah. there with March Madness, where you just pretty much have football on all the time. You know, you're gonna get Bills Rams. We basically had two days off football, Bills Rams t- tonight. Then you will have a couple college games on Friday, full college slate on Saturday, and then as you said, the big boys on set on Sunday. Do not get the Monday night doubleheader. That'll be saved for next week, but we still get two. But we get one Monday night game and then we'll kind of be back in our normal routine and there won't be so much football and it'll just be, it'll be sort of the churn and burn until the month of February. But the Green Bay Packers will yet again start as one of the favorites in the NFL, uh, not only to win the Super Bowl, but to get to the Super Bowl. It has been something on the precipice for the Green Bay Packers since 2011. They've had their ups and downs, whether it was getting to the Brandon Bostic play to the downs of firing Mike McCarthy and being under 500 for two straight years. And now they're kind of in the middle. Maybe they're kind of hitting that peak again, similarly to 2014 with the Brandon Bostic play. And let's hope to God that doesn't happen again, because I, I would tend to think that if something like that occurred, it would be 10 times worse um, today, given where Rogers is at the end of his career. So we'll not put that bad juju. It's the start of a new season. And there are a lot of things to talk about offensively, defensively, and special teams. And, you know, 
it's going to be an exciting year for this offense. I think there are a lot of questions around this offense and there are certainly things that could make people uncomfortable, make people have overreactions, you know, overreaction Monday is a popular uh, term around this, but Mitch, what is that thing that you would say you're most excited for, for the Packers in uh, the start of the season, at least for the first, let's say quarter, if not the full season. I guess initially for me on the offense regarding the offense would be, uh, I mean, I guess the health of David Bakhtiari and kind of how the offensive line as a, as a whole looks, how they decide to um, line up with depending. I mean, it sounds like Bakhtiari is going to try to give it a go week one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And that's interesting, of course. And uh, just in terms of, I mean, seemed like you know it was it, was, it got real quiet there for a while yeah. um, with him and now all of a sudden he's telling that he's gonna be he's gonna be gonna try to give it a go we'll see his his uh you know where his how he feels after the first game or two um you know I, I feel like with, with him we're at a spot where it's like let's get through a game and and then let's start stacking them you know if possible because I, I just, I don't know. I mean, with, with, with the fluid um, and his knee and all that stuff, yeah. it's just, it's probably not going away. Um, so just obviously how his health looks and if he can get through the first quarter of the season, you know, first half of the season without, without any issues. Um, I guess obviously with him there, that's going to, with him playing every day, yeah, it's going to make the offensive line extremely deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get Jenkins back. Well, and because because of those guys' injuries, that's the naive. one. That's the one that we're we're now kind of watching. He has a pectoral injury as well as the knee. I don't feel good about him playing this week. I think you're gonna. I think we're gonna have to wait a couple weeks on Jenkins, and I think they'll keep him off the pup, which would make it like a four week thing. I don't think it'll be that, but I I would be surprised if we see Jenkins on on Sunday with two injuries going at the same damn time. Sure. Well, of course, but well, I mean, but because of those injuries, as I was going to say, I mean, you've, you've built some depth. I think they like some of the guys they drafted this year. I mean, Royce Newman was all right as a rookie last year. I think he's, he's um, got some potential. I mean, it seems like he's slotted in as a starting offensive lineman and we just don't necessarily know where that's going to be. I guess we'll have to wait and see how the injuries shake out and everything. And then, I mean, who's going to step up and be be the main playmaker, uh, main pass catching playmaker? I suppose is that going to be Alan Lazard, who now has might not play Week One, which would be you know going to cause a lot of a lot of panic in Packer Nation for sure, just because people want to see him um, or see who's going to step up for Devontae, and he's kind of been the guy that's uh, taken that role on paper. Now we just got to see who's gonna who's gonna do it in action. And again, I've 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 talked a few times in this podcast about just sort of pumping the brakes a little bit about Jones and Dylan. Um, kind of got to see it with a couple of with, with both those guys really for their own respective reasons. I mean, Jones has never been a three down back. They've kind of taken it, kind of babied him his entire career. For good reason, smaller guy. I get it. Yeah, it's a and little then, load management. Little load management for there. sure, and, and that's fine. 
right. and then Dylan too. It's like I've said before, you know, he hasn't done much. <laughs> I mean, we all like him and everything. He's he's become a very, you know, popular player and, and, and is constantly kind of in the uh, social media. You know, making viral, doing right. viral he stuff. Does. And I like, mean, he's called the, he's nicknamed the mayor for a reason, right? Like, you don't get the nickname the mayor, and it's not because you're you're doing things and you're out in the community, basically. You know, that's that's how you get that type of name when you know everybody. But he's, he's he's had like I don't know a year's worth of games, and I don't know. Just he'll be good. I mean, he'll be he'll be all right. But you know, eh, I mean, maybe, maybe he'll be a pro bowler. You know, well, hey, you don't know. I mean, it's an interesting way to uh, welcome us with with excitement. I feel like it's a little more pessimism, which is okay, which is all right. I I will take topic two, and you know, I, I think some of your worries are are warranted, or your questions, I guess. I think the Bakhtiari one is a huge thing, right? Because it's great he's playing week one, but will he be playing week five? You know, I think that is a extremely fair question. To, to sort of wonder, like, where are we where do we go from here? And are we going to have a full year David Bakhtiari, or are we going to be continuing to do this song and dance? I I could easily see us talking about the song and dance thing in six weeks, or you and I saying, like, look at how much better Aaron Rodgers is under pressure. Now that he has Bakhtiari there, he has Jenkins healthy again, and it, it's all systems go. So it'll be really fascinating, and maybe maybe my prose of excitement was the wrong word, and questions are much better. Um, because yeah, I mean the playmaker thing I think is also a really a really strong question. Um, I think I think people are sleeping on Bob Tunyon a little bit. I realize he had an ACL tear. I get that, but he's progressing well. He was really productive for the Green Bay Packers in the first year that he kind of broke through year two was a little bit of a slot uh a slog for him but he was as he said on podcasts like just starting to kind of figure it out again before the acl tear Do you hear a lot from guys who get hurt um and it had, a, yeah. had rough years right they're like oh i was just i was just figuring it out and then it's like oh, i got hurt oh okay um but you know could this be a rebirth sort of for him and then yeah i think the other thing is just I think there is a cautious excitement for the the wide receivers. And what will we get out of those guys? Will they be breakthroughs right away? I think one of the predictions I have is I think George Pickens will go off early and Christian Watson might struggle and might not have that playmaking moment, but Pickens does. And everybody's ragging on the Packers for not taking Pickens. And that becomes like a classic sports radio conversation, classic Skip Bayless, Colin Cowherd, you name it. Those guys are hitting that over the head in the first like six weeks of the season, kind of forgetting about Pickens having bad medicals and being a little bit of a shithead. And that sort of gets ignored. I could definitely see something like that happening with this offense. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's going to happen with, if, if you're, yeah, I mean, what, as you laid out there with Pickens and, um, you know, Christian Watson, I, again, you know, not expecting a ton from him. I certainly, I mean, you want to talk about excitement for me, it's, it's Dobbs. I mean, I, I, I think he looks the part a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it is going to be a pretty immediate contri- contributor to this, to this offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right about, 
the Colin Cowards of the world and stuff like that are going to be banging that drum um, yeah. about George Pickens and uh, do you um, yeah and, do, and maybe you, he just wasn't a yeah wasn't I, a Packers guy if listen you will. and I just think there were some issues I are you concerned at all if AJ, if uh, Aaron Jones goes down like if Aaron Jones goes down gets hurt Aaron Jones has had injuries in the past. Is that going to be a red flag for this Packers offense? Or do you think they just figure it out because they have a guy like Dylan and and they also still have some receivers that I would say are quality? Ooh. Well, I, I mean, yeah. They they it's only a, kept they only kept two running backs, right? Yeah, but I mean both are on the practice squad, Goodson and Patrick Taylor. So they could easily elevate and they could easily make them part of the fifty three man roster. If Jones went down, right? If Jones went down with an injury, they could easily do that. Now, people would they're, they're going to get elevated probably based on team. Whether, you know, if a team is more blitz happy, I would imagine you get Patrick Taylor getting bumped up. Now, you only get four per season. So, uh, you know, I think there'll be moments where you're like, all right, we're bringing up Patrick Taylor. And then there'll be games where maybe a team's a little slower. And you're like, you know what? We could really use the, the use Tyler Goodson here. And who knows, maybe they make a decision on one of those guys as the season progresses. I think Packers needed to see what they have with special teams, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, but I, I think that's why they're starting with that. But I would be surprised if we are at two running backs by, let's say, November. I think we'll we'll hit three um, at some point this season. Yeah, and I thought Tyler Goodson looked pretty good in – um, was it the Kansas City game? Yes. In preseason yeah. where he had, you know, touchdown run and, you know, put put together a nice little nice little stat line. Um I I'd feel pretty good about him, but then again, you're relying on you're relying on a rookie who, you know, you're you're if Aaron God forbid something happens to Aaron Jones, I mean guy's probably gonna have to have a pretty significant role. Um yeah, you 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 probably have to change your offense. You'd probably have to work with Rodgers and Lafleur would have to be like, look, we got to kind of do some Tennessee Derrick Henry type shit with AJ Dillon, and you're gonna have to like give AJ Dillon the ball fifteen to twenty times and wear down defenses, and then really your areas of opportunity are gonna come later in the game. And I don't know how Rodgers will feel about that. You know, Rodgers is his own guy. Um, Will he buy into that? I'm not sure. But that's probably what would happen. I mean, I think Jones going down would probably be a worst-case scenario for the Packers. Uh, But injuries happen. And you can't – as much as we would like the Packers to have a clean bill of health, there's going to be probably an injury that we're talking about next week. I hate to say that, but it's not uncommon for most teams in the NFL, honestly. Yeah, and there – you know, there's there's a few in preseason, too. Right. Um, that we talked about a lot too with with the whole you play to play or not to play that is yes. the question in, right. in preseason yeah and you know there there were some teams that probably because of the only only having three preseason games that some of their starters played every game a little bit and got away with it and the Packers didn't really at all um, uh, play many of their starters um, and that's fine and they've so far stayed healthy but they've obviously had. Um, some injuries that have lingered from last year and, and Bakhtiari and stuff like that, where, you know, it, it's going to be a question going in regardless of what, what actually happened. I mean, yeah, you're right. 
Aaron it's, Jones, an injury to Aaron Jones would, would be pretty catastrophic. Yeah. Just because I do think that um, they are expecting, at least I think from the outside looking in, the fan perspective and the media perspective, they're, you know, it just kind of by default, like, well, Aaron Jones has to be more involved in the offense and um, we'll see, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I don't have time to probably watch tape like some of the other people do because it's like their job. Like I have a 40 hour a week job on my own, but I would really like to, if I were to watch tape, one of the things I'd be curious to watch is watching week one, no matter the outcome, win, lose against the Vikings versus what this looks like week six, week seven against like the Jets and the commanders. Like how different does the Packer offense look? Does it look entirely different? Are you like, oh my God, like they were kind of had training wheels on and now they've released them. Will it be the exact same? And we're like, okay, this is, yeah, everything kind of matches up and this strategy is, is still the same. Or will it be a little bit of both where maybe, you know, it's the same with Jones and Dylan, but now we've kind of taken the training wheels off Watson and all of a sudden Watson's becoming more of a thing and he was just an afterthought week one. Well, uh, Christian Watson, again, uh, boy, I don't know. Again, may- maybe I'm negative. I just I, – I, I really don't know how – I just don't see it necessarily him being super, super involved. That's fine. That, that, I mean, that early in the year. And look, and that's that's okay. And I'm just looking – and maybe maybe I'm using the wrong guy. Maybe it's – Sammy Watkins is really a big player in these first few weeks. Sammy Watkins has been known for having huge first couple weeks of the season and then kind of falling off. Like maybe that's, that's, maybe that's it. You know, maybe it's Watkins early and Watson later, or it's Randall Cobb just gets a steady dose of targets every game. And, and he's like a fantasy waiver pickup because Randall Cobb's getting like five to seven targets per game and capitalizing on those like maybe i'm looking at this in the wrong way which is probably you're probably right and i i do think that's maybe the overall takeaway with this offense it's similarly with what qb1 or 12 however you want to call it and rogers was saying is like it's probably it's probably worth tempering excitement and just sort of taking it as it is it's really hard to do as a fan it's extremely hard with football because you get one game it's not like the punk ass brewers or even the Bucks, where maybe you get two or three games a week and you're able to kind of see it coming together. You have to kind of just wait and wait and wait. And then it, at some point it, it should kind of crescendo yeah. into this beautiful thing. If it's, and if it, it's how you predict it. Well, in football, every game's supposed to be like a full showcase, right? Where it's right. like, yeah. this is what we've, this is what we've worked on game plan and you know thought about for the last uh five days um or more and and you know this is the this is the test every week it's the yeah you know it's it's like a school thing you know where it's like you got you work on a you have a a chapter in a book and you got to take a through the book report i mean that's basically what it is um every single week i I just yeah i mean i don't know i I, you're talking about cobb i i was thinking that maybe Randall, randall cobb probably I could certainly see him getting force fed just because of, you know, the first handful of games, right. just because of the familiarity with Rogers and Rogers was critical of, or somewhat, I think realistically critical of the younger guys earlier in camp. And mm-hmm. um, 
I think he, you know, again, uh, I, I think he likes the familiarity with Cobb. They're obviously good friends and all that. And um, I just kind of hope that body language doesn't become an issue oh, because that's going to be great harped on as well. Great. I mean, I, uh, I just, I like had the chills, like go ahead. But like that, you're right. That's totally going to be a thing. God. Yeah. Damn. I mean, if, if, if he just, if there's a, I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, it's football. They're there. They run 70, 80 plays a game. There's going to be a play where I don't know. Romeo Dobbs is out there and drops it. He, he drops it or, you know, just even uh, cuts out when he was supposed to cut in and Rogers thought he was going to cut in on an option route and Rogers throws a pick or something and and, it, <laughs> and the camera's going to go right to him. I mean, you know, it is. And yeah. Oh, yeah. he's going to, he's going to have a brutal eye roll. And maybe if he throws a pick, I guess if it gets to that point, um, it's kind of justified, but like there's times and there have been times, maybe not as much like the, the two MVP seasons, MVP seasons, back to back but there you know there's a lot of a lot of i don't know just bad body language totally. with some, some some lesser experienced receivers and it's just i don't know i get it but i can see also why it's not a good look yeah you're supposed to be you're supposed to be i don't know the leader and and, and build guys up and i guess that's how you do it i mean he's a pretty successful player um in the nfl aaron Rodgers, that is obviously now we can debate some of the playoff uh, stuff, but I mean, clearly he's been, he's been uh, well, and obviously I, well, well respected around the yeah. NFL as we talked and about last I week. Think, I think a couple things. One, the playoff thing, I think what has to be remembered is Aaron Rodgers has really good playoff numbers. He had one game San Francisco last year where he was complete shit. Other than that, the numbers are good. He just uh, didn't have any defense. His defense mm-hmm. let him down. And some injury luck with, you know, we had Ladarius Gunter on prime Julio Jones. Yeah, I don't think that would go well for any team, no matter who it is. Probably a miracle right. the Packers that got there at that point, right? Like, people forget about the Dallas games, you know, both of them, that were incredible. And that just gets lost in the shuffle because they all remember the losses, which I get. And the other part of this, with the body language, I think what will help maybe, and I know sometimes he doesn't, push and prod and kind of gives him a space, but like having being on McAfee every Tuesday, well, at least I hope help like that facilitate that conversation. And maybe McAfee's asking Rogers like, Hey, like walk me through this, like talk to me about this. Like why, you know, I, they don't get deep, but like, Oh, people were critical of your body language. A lot of haters, you know, kind of something McAfee would say. And then Rogers gets into it and is like, Oh Yeah. I was, you know, whatever this, uh, you know, what I was upset. I talked to Romeo about this and that's what happened. So maybe, maybe Rogers gets that outlet. We'll see. Yeah. Well, th- that may, that may help also get the release and get out some frustration, whatever to the media and um, get those quotes out there and, and everything. And Rogers can kind of get some, get some stuff off of his chest. That's probably therapeutic because again, as you were saying there about McAfee, they kind of, McAfee kind of does a little smart aleck question like that. And, yeah. but like, it doesn't take much for Rogers these days to no. just go. No. And, yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he's, he's definitely taken off the, uh, the reins a little bit. No. Yeah. I mean, he said today, right. Like his comment to Matt Scheidman was like every year 
it's like the NFC North teams and their fans think they're going to win the division and no one, well, no one seems yeah. to mention us. Like, I mean, that was an amazing quote. Like, well, that, does Rod, but, but does Rogers of five years ago say that? No, probably not. I mean, probably yeah. not. And, and it, it's, it's, it is interesting that just so much smoke in the Vikings right now. Oh, I just, I think it's because of, I mean, there's, there's gotta be a complete Packer fatigue around the, around the, around the country where it's just like this fucking team wins the division every year. Like we, you know, we gotta find, and now you're talking yourself into the Vikings being different. Um, and maybe they will be, but I mean, I mean, to, to think, to think the Packers are like a 10 win team, I think is a little bit, a little bit ridiculous. I mean, we and I, I really like Kyle Brandt. I respect the shit out of what Kyle Brandt does. But Kyle Brandt having Kirk Cousins as his MVP might be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I'm just sorry. Michael Irvin, too. I'm about Michael Irvin. I don't well maybe expect it as much as I do Kyle Brandt. But, like, God damn. Um, as, as a proud Kirk Cousins fantasy owner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, but uh as for the defense that Kirk Cousins will be facing, what are what's kind of the things that you're honing on to start the year? Like what are the things that you're you're looking at and you're like, okay, this is I mean, there's so many places you could go here, but I will uh I won't step on your toes and uh tee you up for, for defense here. Let me let me try to be more excited, I guess, about the defense. <laughs> okay. Um and that's and that's i think that's natural because the defense is much more exciting yeah i I would i would tend to agree i think it's been i feel like it's been a year well i mean the defense has been okay the last couple of years but you know this has got to be the best wow probably since they won the super bowl i mean I mean, uh, kind of on paper. And here's the thing, like that nine, that Super Bowl in 2010, like that had a lot of injuries to it. Still had Charles right. Woodson, but really, you might have to go back to that 96 and, and Nick Collins and Nick Collins. Yes, good point. But you might have to go back to that 96 team with right Fritz Sherman, like Reggie White, George Koontz, Doug Evans, Leroy, Leroy Butler. Like they had, I mean, that defense was pretty damn strong. And they were good, and they were very good that year. Sean Jones, um, trying to think of other guy, other guys that Santana Dotson. Yep, Santana Dotson. Tyrone Williams was a rookie. He still he had a role role on that team. Um, trying Doug Evans, I think I might have mentioned Keith McKenzie. Craig, Craig Newsom. Yeah, Craig Newsom, big big Craig Newsom guy back in the day. But anyways, like yeah, this defense man, it's hard not to have high hopes and i know you were pounding on the drum like if things go sideways against the vikings i think that well i'll ask you a question if you know do you think that the overreaction monday would be harder on the defense if they gave give up 35 points let's just say versus like the packers playing like a 21 to 17 game they win but the offense doesn't do shit do you think like the fan reaction is more harsh on the former than the latter. I think that fan reaction would probably be harder on the offense. Okay. Just because that's just me. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people have do have high expectations for the defense, but I think that 
just Rogers kind of abrasive nature. Yes. Last couple of years is gonna, is just going to cause more, more vitriol. I mean, from fans and media and stuff and, you know, but again, he's done a pretty good job of tempering expectations on offense um, so far in the preseason. But, you know, I just think that, yeah, if, no, you're if, right. if the offense, you're... if the offense looks, you know, subpar, it's going to be probably more of a reaction than if the defense doesn't necessarily hold up there end of the bargain. Cause then it'll be, well, look at how good Dalvin cook and uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson. And Kirk. Yeah. I mean, they have yeah. a ton of wet Adam Thielen right. had, had two right. touchdowns. I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot of stuff I think you can point to. Right. It's like, I don't know. The Vikings have a middle of the road defense, right? I mean, unless, yeah. unless Darius is, uh, you know, <laughs> man, he's get, he needs his revenge, man. He, he, that's yeah. the only reason he signed with the Vikings. I don't know. If I was a Vikings fan, I'd be kind of pissed at that. Like, it's like, how many of these guys do we have to have on our roster? Like, yeah, Greg Jennings, Desmond Bishop, uh, Shannon Sullivan, also on the Vikings. Um, another yeah, case for I didn't Randall know. Cobb. I saw that. I, I had no idea. Yeah, another case for Randall Cobb to have a big day. Um, week one is the, the Shannon Sullivan matchup. We've seen Shannon Sullivan get burned in the slot more than Jerry Azuma, former pair, pair for life. Um that's a name, good name drop there, well, but wasn't it just twelve months ago that we thought Chan Sullivan was like? Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, yeah. uh, we thought he'd be. He thought he'd be the, 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 Rasool next, the next best slot corner in the NFL. Yeah, we thought he'd be Rasul, right? Like we thought that that was Rasul, and then lo and behold, we signed a guy off the practice squad for Arizona, and he's fucking awesome, and he's been really good for the Green Bay Packers, and I think the hopes should be high for him for another good year, and. But yeah, I mean, I I look at this defense, and yeah, I think you're right. I think we're in a fantasy football society. I hate to sound like a boomer, but like yeah. we all look at the offense, right? Everybody's sucking the Bills' dick because their offense. But people are forgetting the fact that like Travis White's not going to be there for the first four games at least with an injury. Like, are are we really sure this Bills team, who gave up a ton of fucking points to that Kansas City team, is not going to do the same in SoFi on? on Thursday night. Like, I don't know. I was, I was on the bills early this week and now I'm just kind of floating, kind of making my way to the Rams, which very classic me when it comes to that first, first NFL game of the season, I usually just kind of go where the tea leaves are telling me. Yeah. Well, the other thing with the bills too, is I guess everyone's lasting image of them is that the game against Kansas city right. and the playoffs where, you know, it was just a, a back and forth, like, Oh, Josh Allen hung with Mahomes and probably should have beat him if it wasn't for, you know, yeah. Uh the defense, you know, they were thirteen seconds away from, from winning or whatever. And I think that's that's but it's kinda like again, I with the Bills, I go back to like just a lot of a lot of demons in in that in that totally. franchise. And it, it's like that that's so so tough to overcome. And I mean, they were only what eleven and six last year. It wasn't like they were yeah fourteen and three or whatever, or you know some eleven and six is nice, but it, it's probably enough to win the AFC East. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Bills they, are their schedule. Their schedule starts tough. Like I, I kind of started mapping out some schedule stuff, which was really actually a fun activity. I would recommend it to anybody uh, if you want to kill like an hour out of your work day tomorrow or Friday. Just like start going through the schedule line by line of like just your opinion. Like don't even like kind of just don't think about it. You know what you think of that team. 
like I have the bills starting off slow. I didn't get all the way done, unfortunately. I'm like I'm at Thanksgiving right now. Bills get it. The schedule gets easier for them, but there's like there's a real chance they start slow out the gates. And there's a lot of topics about oh, this was everybody's Super Bowl team and and all this stuff because as quick as they build you up, as we've seen with the Packers, they will take you down. Uh, but let's yeah. get back to the defense and. I think, you know, the rookie additions will be fascinating to watch. I think yeah. there's tempered excitement, right? You know, Quay Walker's been starting day one. Is that going to lead to Quay Walker being just an absolute beast out there? And, I mean, mistakes are going to happen. But if you're running with the ones early on and watching that Georgia defense on Saturday and knowing that those guys were somehow part of a better version last year, some people think the Georgia team – might be better this year. Like you have to, you just have to be excited about the potential of Walker and Wyatt. For sure. I like, I think Quay Walker has a ton of potential to be well, it's in general, but also to be that like deployable weapon on defense, which, you know, the Packers haven't necessarily shown. I, I mean, well, I guess they moved Clay Matthews inside a little bit back in the day, but yeah. like, uh, that was when that Clay, was, that that was when Clay, McCarthy, Clay, right? Clay lost the step. Yeah. And I, yeah. honestly, like I could do probably a full podcast segment on if Clay Matthews was stated inside linebacker could have a saved the Packers maybe defensively and B could have saved Clay Matthews career. He, he would never admit that, but I think if Clay really thought about it, had a whiskey was sitting down, he knows damn well that he could have added two or three years of his career. If he just would play the inside linebacker. True. But then it's, you know, when you play inside, you're, you're supposed to be sideline to sideline. So, no, I know. Yeah. Well, it's that, that changed. I mean, that's, that's been a new thing. I mean, I think the last three years, because everybody just got fucking fast. Like the 49ers kind of, I think we're the first ones to know maybe, maybe the Seahawks. I don't know. Somebody really started doing the sideline to sideline linebackers. And then it just, it's now something you need in the NFL and the Packers have corrected themselves. And Speaking of Clay Matthews, I had this take earlier this week, but since we've had Apple issues and not a, not not a ton of folks have been listening this week, I'll ask you a question where I compl- I compared Rashawn Gary's potential this year to what Clay Matthews had our Super Bowl year. Do you think that's fair or do you think that might be a little over the top? I mean, I do have high high expectations for Rashawn Gary. Yeah. I I, I think I'll I think I'll give you that one. I think I'll give you that one. It um, lines up. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? I mean? Like it's kind of like he's what fourth year. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say it's now or never, but I mean, it's like um, he's obviously turned into a very, very formidable pass rusher. But I think it's like he's kind of in that he's hitting his prime now, right? Where yes. it's like he's it's it's time to uh, to take that next that final step. Yeah. Um. And and you know. It's it's fleeting in the NFL, right? And it's like, right, it, you know, his prime is a couple of years, two, three, four seasons probably. Yep. And we're we're at the beginning of the heat now. He, he was a younger draft pick, which the Packers tend to do, at least this regime, yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, so you know, maybe maybe you will get an extra, you know, maybe a fifth or sixth year of his prime. Yep. But I mean, again, it's it's time to uh, it's time to be to be that dude. And yeah, I, yeah, totally. I think, I think I think I look forward to that a lot, and that is a little spicy, but like I said, I'll uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, I, I think it lines up, and 
I think he could, I think he really could shine through. Is there anything particularly that you're worried about with this defense? Um, I, I have one thing, but I, I will save that if, before, uh, before we move on. Oh, like individual players. I mean, couple, you know, uh, Devondre Campbell. Yeah. I, I'm not, not really worried, but like, again, I don't, is he the all the first team all pro or whatever he was? Uh, or just all pro, I guess, in the NFL. Um, guy that he was last year, or is he the you know where where does that sliding scale kind of stop? Right. Um and then for me too, like Rasul Douglas, another guy off the scrap heap that had a dream season. And where's he what is he gonna be this year? Um, you know. I, I think again, those are fair. They're, they're they're deep at corner, so I, in my opinion, and I mean, uh, Jair's made a glass. I hate to say it, but <laughs> um, so talk to me in a couple weeks. But um, I think they could overcome a step back from Rasul, and you know, at the same time too, maybe he's not. You know, maybe the pressure's a little bit off at the moment. Yeah, I think that's all. I think that's all worth. Love, con- I love con- the line. I love the. De- yeah. yeah, I love the D-line. Uh, the linebackers as a whole, you know, Ty Summers is gone, finally. Thank God. Um, and, um, I mean, I, I don't know. We, we, we like to pick on him, but I yeah. don't know. He's uh, like the sixth linebacker. Look, so. look man, look, there, <laughs> will be guy, there will be a new guy to pick on this year. We'll find somebody that drives us crazy because that's just how it goes. It's football. It's sports, right? Yeah. I think – Yeah. I think a lot of people are done with Luis Urias for baseball, for example. Like, I think you just find those people that you kind of just latch on to in the negative, in the negative manner. And so, yeah, I, I think my, like you said, Jair made a glass. Like, I think it's, yeah, there are, he just seems to always find himself in precarious situations. And I, I do worry about that a little bit. All right, let's blow through special teams. Cause I know you got a draft coming up. So I'm, yeah. Don't want to consume too much of your time. Need you to get your prep in. Um, we had a little technical difficulty that you won't hear. Um, so it took away like a good five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, especially teams, I don't really have anything to be excited about. I just hope they're better, right? Like, that's it. Like, that, it's a low bar to clear. But I think really my biggest thing is, will Mason Crosby turn into a pumpkin? And is that, like, I feel like the Packers are prepped for it. I think, like, Ahmed, the backup kicker or the guy they have in practice squad, like I feel like he's waiting in the wings for that exact thing. I don't think the Packers are caught with their pants down down on this situation, but I do worry, like, are we going to have a game this year where Crosby can't hit anything past 45? And usually with these old kickers, you saw with Vinatieri too, it takes like two or three games before they realize that they're completely washed and can't do it anymore. Yeah, I suppose it's possible um, with with Crosby. Um, they brought him back at, you know, a bigger number than what a kicker probably should be getting. Unless right. they, they restructured that or something, and I missed it. But um, I, I guess – how old is Mason now? I mean, he's, he's got to be – He's old. He's, he's in his 40s. He's in his 40s, yeah. 38. 38, interesting. Oh, he's same year as same, same Rodgers. Just turned 38. Um, so, still a young pup. I, I don't know. Yeah, man, he's getting up there. 
but he's he's had so many stretches in his career where he thought he was done and has come back. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, you know, pit pit boss Rich is gonna gonna have to save us, I think. Um, <laughs> and it's it's I guess exciting to have someone from outside the family, if you will, to use another uh, mafia term. <laughs> um, but just to fix the, the fucking special teams. I mean, it's it's gone on long enough. It can't be any worse. No, it's yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely about that time. And I I hope that hope that it gets better. Um, and last thing I asked about the Packers before we move on to the Brewers, who are kind of now the uh, redhead stepchild of Wisconsin sports. Uh. Do where do you have the Packers from a wins perspective, and then do you have them in the Super Bowl? You don't have to give me the team they're playing; you just two two number a win a number, and then a yes or no. Uh, I'll go twelve and five. Okay, and I'll say I'll say yes. Let's go yes. I think the N- NFC is. Like if there wasn't this much uncertainty with Tampa, um, I mean the NFC West is kind of up in the air for the first time in a while. I mean by the Rams, um, but after that, it's kind of up in the air for the. First, I feel like that division was all four teams or you know playoff yeah. teams. Yeah, right. Now we're now we're the Niners are in a situation of of flux. We're down on the Cardinals. And uh, Seattle's completely disappeared after having, you know, basically a 10 year run of, of, of being a competitive football team. Right. Um, so that's one less adversary. I'll say yes. Let's right. do it. All right. Yeah. I mean, I always never shy away from putting the Packers in the Super Bowl. So that's a, it's an easy yes for me. Um, <laughs> just to be different, um, as Bob Barker taught me on The Price is Right, I will uh, take 13 again. Um, I I could easily see twelve though. I think twelve sounds right. Um, I just there are some there are some trouble spots in that that schedule. I mean, they've never really played well in Tampa. Going to Buffalo is brutal. Um, and then the fact that you have to go to Buffalo and sandwiched in between is fucking Detroit before going home to play Dallas just gives me like the shakes already. Like I will be on full tilt for that game probably two or three weeks out of it. Cause that's just such a bad spot. It's like, it is the classic trap spot for the Green Bay Packers. There are a few other things that could trip them up, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll hope for 13 just to be different. But yeah, I think they're in the Super Bowl, and I mean, we've won in Mahomes and Rogers forever. I actually think we might get it. I I'm pretty high in the chiefs and I, that's who I would say is probably my AFC representative. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there have, I have heard a number of cases in favor of Kansas city. Um, part of me obviously thinks that's convenient. Um, right. well, you know, well, I mean, it's like, okay, yeah, you, you want, you want to take the best quarterback in the NFL, arguably. Right. Who's, who's got, you know, who's been there a couple of times. It's I mean, the, it's the obvious 26 zag. years old. It's the obvious zag, but I look at it and I'm like, all right, bills have too much hype. Yeah. I could see the Ravens, but I don't know. I just – I need to see it from Lamar in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Lamar 
Someone compared Lamar to Giannis a couple of years ago, and it's a very smart take. There's a lot of, like, if you compare the storylines and you're like, which guy is this about? Like, play, more playing style than off the field shit. Like, I think Lamar and Giannis actually weirdly match up before Giannis obviously wins his championship. I just need to see it. I could honestly see the Bengals sliding back in. I think it would yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I know it's not typical. You don't usually see that. Um, and yeah, I I feel like the Colts are are a fun story, but they're 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 too far away. And the Chargers are the same thing, but in the regular season, like I have to have to see it. And similarly with Denver, like I can't. Russell Wilson last couple of years was not the Russell Wilson I think we saw a couple, few few years beforehand. So I just there's a lot of question marks, man. I think there's a lot of question marks throughout the entire season. Like her Kevin Clark or uh, for the whole league, her Kevin Clark say today that this is quite possibly one of the most, the most fascinating seasons that he has ever covered. And you kind of look at it. And like I said, I was doing that schedule exercise and you know what, as fucked up as it sounds, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but you know why winning a lot of games was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they They've gotten a lot, a lot of buzz uh, here in the last couple of days. Yeah. I, mean, I, I I could see it just because that situation was such a mess last year. And I, you know, it, it's Jacksonville, of course. And I don't know. I guess the, this is going to depend on Trevor Lawrence. Can he yeah. um, take the next step to, toward being, you know, more of an NFL quarterback? Um and, you know, there have been number one overall picks like Peyton Manning, namely, right. that struggled quite a bit as rookies and, you know, took another step in their, in their second year and became, you know, legends, basically, yeah. uh, when it was all said and done. So it's possible. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to we'll have to see. Sorry. OK, we're short on time, so I will try to the Brewers and their chemistry issues. You know, obviously another bad week for the Brewers, two and five on their road trip that was supposed to be productive i told you i was worried about arizona everything that i dreamt up in the negative came true um it was just a terrible series and now another story comes out basically lorenzo kane flaming the organization despite what seemed like a amicable split didn't necessarily seem that way talks of disrespect i push back a little bit on some of the stuff with kane just based on i don't know i i think that he Brewers did give him quite a rope. Um, but I guess, Mitch, I see it as three things. And I see it either as there's a problem with the front office, there's a problem with the manager, or there's a problem with the players, and the players are not receptive to the criticism and the analytics that the front office and maybe the manager are presenting to them. So which which of those do you think this is with this Brewers team? Oh, man. Uh, I know it's a tough question because you could go any which way. Because it's it. it's all of them. That's what it is. Oh, but, I like no. I had to go. I had, that's a. I I. So you think it's a sum of all parts then? Well, yeah. I mean, to some extent. Um, you know, I don't think. I guess the least blame would probably be council, but at the same time, you know, he's he's letting the inmates run the asylum and and spouting off to the media, um, right. in the locker room. And, you know, again, it's a, it's a 24 seven news cycle that somebody's some athletes always got a mic in their face and they, they might say some stuff that's could be taken as, um, you know, one way or another. And, but 
you know, I don't know. It, it's all of them. I mean, the players, you know, could have, and the Kane is, you know, has not dealt with the situation from, you know, he's had a, he's been sitting on his fucking couch too while this is all unfolded right. basically is what I'm getting at. So yes. um, the, the Lauer comments, you know, a month ago held, held more weight in my opinion. Um, no, I guess, but it wasn't that long ago that Kane was playing for the organization. And if he thought he got a raw deal, um, I don't know. I think that's pretty rich because yeah. <laughs> right? he like... was basically dog shit at the plate for, I don't know, the last two and a half years. Well, he didn't play in 2020. Look, he didn't. And I get he, it. He, he looked checked out since he came back from being taking a year off because of COVID. I mean, yeah. let's just call it like it is. We all like and, Kane. Yes. Well, and they and they let him get to the 10 year mark. Yes. Which is like, I mean, I don't know if you could ask for a classier move. Yes. I mean, it's like the dude could have been could have been traded or and then released at nine and a half years of service time or something and to some team who doesn't give a shit about him. Right. And, you know, they they basically they took care of him. Yeah. And I, I don't know if what he said at the same time was Super, super terrible. Um, that you know, he's he just said probably he said what the guys were thinking. Um, and he didn't really, he doesn't really have to deal with the consequences, I suppose. Um, it, because totally he's not there. And and like the other part of it too is like if you feel like it's the sum of all parts, which I I don't disagree, but then the question is like, do then do you just blow it up? Do you just literally blow it up? Do you just say fuck it? And you trade away Corbin Burns and you trade away Brandon Woodruff and you build your roster on Peralta and Aaron Ashby and you get prospects. You hope Ethan Small, who really struggled in AAA after getting sent back down, maybe he finds it next year. Um, maybe you get some old veterans. Like, is that sort of what you have to do? And it's and I I know the Brewers are like, we don't do rebuilds. But at some point, you got to look at this and say, all right, what the fuck do we have to fix? And and what it, and I also am waiting. I said this on a podcast earlier this week. I'm waiting for like the Robert Murray or the Ken Rosenthal to write that definitive national media piece of what's going on here. Because they have to be smelling blood in the water. They have to be looking at this and saying something stinks. And I think baseball has good journalism. Passan also, I guess I'd throw him in the mix too. But like, where is that dysfunction coming from? And who oh, and who's to blame? What stinks is Josh Hader, and and that and that has definitely helped the situation. I would say overall, um, certainly from a, a national media perspective. Now, if Hader has been fucking lights out for the Padres and has ten saves with them, and you know is is about to. Then I think that that drum gets quite a bit louder from sure. a national perspective. Good point. Now the fact that he's the fact that they've basically sent Hater away, from what I could tell, um, is is soothing that uh, the heat on that that story a little bit. Just because yeah, no, it's like, that's well, fair. You know, we we don't necessarily have a tangible thing to point to at this point in time, um, but. Other than the fact that the Brewers bullpen has been kind of dog shit since it, it um, just it just hasn't it just hasn't worked right. Like Matt Bush has had his problems. Taylor Rogers has had his issues. Devin Williams has actually been really good. 
and I think has a bright career as a closer. Um, and that's, I guess, I guess the bright spot of it. But yeah, you're right. It hasn't really worked out in the way that they expected it to. And I do wonder if Mark Ananasio tells David Stearns, like, hey, look, if you want to go to fucking New York, just fucking go. Like, at this point, I, I do wonder if that's the, if that's what it ends up being. And then it's the keys are given to Matt Arnold, likely. And we go from there. And I know that a lot of the Mark Ananasio haters will be like, oh, he'll be the stock. But we talked about this last week, so I won't go over it again. But it'll be so annoying because I I understand people's frustration with Mark. And I know Mark has done some cheap things. But I hope people realize, like, if you want Mark to sell the team, you are selling the team to Nashville, Charlotte, Las Vegas. Like, this te- no one's keeping the Brewers in Milwaukee who's going to buy a baseball team. I just want everybody to have that clear as fucking day because that is what's going to happen. And that's just opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't, I don't really see it being a Lazary Eden situation. Yeah. I think if Stearns moving on is the most likely scenario. Um, and I guess, I don't know. I, I like David Stearns a lot and I, I would really hate to hate to see that happen. But, you know, maybe, again, because I am an Adonacio critic, um, you know, it's kind of like if if he goes and it's Matt Arnold, it's like, then it's it's same old, same old. Maybe. And, and maybe. Know, like, I, I, am, I am of the camp that if you're not going to go in, go all in for what I thought was this year and next year. Just fucking trade Corbin Burns and, and and let's do it and pull the plug. There's just there's just no point. Well, I I think you have to. I I don't know where Burns is. This is now going to be the hard part, and this will make me sound like I get the. Term. He's sucked for the last two weeks. Yeah, he's been really bad <laughs> since the All Star break, and it's like where's that value now? If Burns kicks ass and turns it around the rest of the month. Then yeah, maybe maybe you you do have a case to trade him, and you look at it and you say, all right, we can make our roster better. But I do the the weird thing. There's a few things that are weird about it. Weird thing number one is that you have multiple outfielders that you could easily trade to a team for major league talent because those guys are major league ready. You can say, hey, do you want Garrett Mitchell and Sal Freelich for X, Y, and Z? or whoever, whatever combination you want to do, and you could get back a premier bat. I, I do believe that, plus maybe some you know guys in single A, double A. And on top of that, you also, as crazy as it sounds, and why I can't like pull the plug officially, even if the Padres win tonight, the Brewers are still only four back. Like They're still one weekend away from everything flipping. And then all of a sudden they're in the wild card. Like it's so stupid. The Brewers should be nowhere near the wild card. They should be absolutely fucking out of it. And I should be able to put them to bed and say, you know what? We'll check in. We'll do what we got to do. But instead we have, we have this like lingering thing. Well, maybe, and it's, it's fucked up and I hate it. I mean, you're, you're waiting for a more mathematical scenario. Yeah. Which is no fun. No, I know. But 
But I have, I, I kind of have to, man. Like, I know it's probably better for the podcast if I just said this team fucking sucks. I'm fucking out on them. I hate them. But I just, I don't fan that way, unfortunately. Um, and I want to be authentic. And I don't, I don't want to be a Skip Bayless. And I know it's made Skip a lot of money, but it's just not who I am, unfortunately. Okay, yeah. quickly. Um, so my college football takes, you've heard it all weekend, whether it be in group chats or maybe on the podcast, and talked about my love of college football and understanding why I love it. You are not a hater of college football. Um, you're more of a pro guy, but you enjoy college football. And you also are very good when we have when I go over the top, kind of balance me out. So what am I missing here? Why do why are there so many who just don't get on board with college football like like I do and others? Well, I mean that's that's a very loaded question, open ended. <laughs> um, I mean, you there's, can take it any, there, any which there's, way. there's a number of reasons. I think it's the it's the lack of parity okay. um, overall, which has been obviously Fair. beat to death the last couple of days with the news of the expanded playoff, which is another podcast in general. Yeah. Um, just with, you know, yeah. is that, is that gonna, you know, enhance the product or not? Um, but I, I think, and then I think like the, the style of play is, however, I, the style of play is, is different, but I was just going to say, however, the college style is creeping in more and more to the NFL just because, you know, coaches, coaches can only, uh, you know, work with what they have, if you will. And a lot of these, and a lot of the coaches now have, have come up playing that style as well. I mean, it's been a good 15, 20 years. That spread has been completely rampant through college football. And now it's at the point where you're at a, a generation basically has, has been playing with, um, bubble screens and and uh yeah you know yeah zone uh, reads options. zone reads yeah yes. for sure absolutely so i mean now that's creeping into the nfl again nfl's is completely bulletproof um at this point nobody nobody they can do no wrong and i don't know i i guess when you watch a lot of nfl and then you try to watch the college product and you've you've made up your mind that um, you can't devote uh, a complete 72 hours to to the to the game of football. Maybe it's not that sim or not that hard to just sort of disregard college football. I guess. Oh, I mean, listen. I, I like it, and now I'm going to have Saturdays off um, for the time being, um, and hopefully, I plan on having Saturdays off for all football season. I'm very excited to, you know, watch your big noon kickoffs and watch your pregame shows again and stuff like that. I'm not going to sit here and act like I am going to know everybody, but you know, I enjoyed watching college football this past weekend. Um, except for Georgia and Oregon, yeah. but uh, which fortunately I didn't see a ton of that game. But, yeah. That was, that, that was definitely the one to miss. Like we uh, at the Murphy household turned on uh, UTSA in Houston. Um, Cause I was on UTSA and that was an awesome football game. Like that was great. Yeah. Um, well, know- and then so to that to that point, I think it's one of those things where it's like, why does the average person in Wisconsin give a fuck about those teams? Oh, you're right. I I, I know you do, but um, no, you're right. You're right. And, my dad. And it's a, it's, my dad- it's a close game, but 
cool. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, my dad would not give a shit, right? Like, you know, yeah, for exactly. for an average person who doesn't hasn't wagered on anything or anything else, they're looking at it like it's two teams from Houston. Who cares? It's I mean, to played, them, it's being played in the Alamo a, Dome. You might as well play a soccer game. Put a soccer game on. Right. Like, exactly. You know, like, right. I'd rather watch the pre- Premier League or something like that. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I think you made a good case. I think I respect it. I also do think, like, if someone were to tell me, like, I, it's not that I don't like college football. I just don't have the time. Like I, I really only have Sunday and that's when I can watch and I have kids or I have other activities that take up a lot of my Saturday and maybe Saturday night and everybody's down and I can watch Saturday night football. Like, great. I I could understand that. I I really could, but that, you know, I, I haven't been presented with that take. I think that's a more reasonable take then like, oh, fuck it. It's just terrible. Like, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't buy into that, personally. But yeah. anyways. Well, I mean, the, the, the level of talent is just not there. Oh, totally. I mean, totally. And same thing with basketball. We can, we we'll, could probably, I doubt it'll get traded in the week that we'll, we can do it. We'll save it for next week. But quick, are you in or out on Jordan Clarkson? Uh, In. Okay. I'm in. I, I'm in. It took me a while, but I'm, I'm in. I think I'm in. Especially... The thing is that we're trading with Danny Ainge, man. Can you really get away with not trading uh, young town? I, look I don't know. It, I look at it like Ainge fleeced the shit out of Minnesota and Cleveland for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe he'll take it easy on the Bucs. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, like, man? He, he has too many assets. Right. Exactly. All right, man. Well, uh, thank you for uh, – we wrapped that up pretty quick. Uh, we'll talk next week. We'll talk Packers-Vikings. We'll get ready for Packers-Bears. Sure, we'll uh, we'll also touch on maybe if I'm finally done with the Brewers, if I put the Brewers in a coffin, and can uh, can finally have peace about it, and I'm sure much more shit. So uh, take it easy, and uh, we'll talk Daily Tap tomorrow, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see we'll see you uh, next week, Mitch. Yep. Peace. Right. Peace. Bye.